0: Well, folks, Gia Dibsha, Sha Meisha, Sean Jerry Adams, I raise Morris Gratus to gum. Go Shibsha, Well, I'm over with the COVID. It uh, knocked me off my feet for four or five days. Though I did manage phone calls on an occasional, uh, a Zoom. And all I did was sleep. Apart from that. Uh, in isolation, which sometimes is very nice. And I have to say the aftermath, the the sort of, the COVID brings with it a considerable hangover. And I've heard quite a few people uh, complaining of the same ailment. So I'm going through my recovery phase, but I'm much better off than decenter people. So I'm not complaining. All's well, all is good with me, and I hope all is good with you as well. So, Geoffrey, the the question is, I suppose, will he or won't he? And that has yet to be answered, though it does look as if it will be answered uh, in the upcoming period. And... uh, you know, it's it's down to whether Jeffrey Donaldson will provide the leadership needed to persuade his party to go back into the executive, or as Michelle O'Neill pondered at the last meeting of the assembly, have we seen the final setting of the assembly? And I'm also reflecting on the fact that we had such a huge mass uh, protest by trade unionists and supporters and service users, uh, all putting it up to both the British and, in some cases explicitly, in other cases implicitly, to the Democratic Unionist Party to go back into the Assembly so that these workers and their families can get their due uh, terms and conditions. So, I have a bad on. I know this is not a trivial matter and I'm not a batting man, uh, and I won't tell you what my bet is, but I will tell you the outcome whether I won or uh, lost. If you go back to the Good Friday Agreement, back to when the Ulster Unionist Party endorsed the Good Friday Agreement, it's 25 years ago. It was touch and go. Jeffrey and Arlene Foster walked out just hours before it was agreed. And opposed the agreement and subsequent and the subsequent referendum, and then the UUP spent years in negotiations with the rest of us as they tried to rewrite the agreement in terms favourable to unionism or more favourable to unionism. And the the end result of all of that was a, a a changeover, a succession of unionist party leaders, and a diminishing vote at the elections. And the other thing is for the political institutions to work as envisaged in the Good Friday Agreement. Unionists and nationalists have to become a partnership. We can we can keep our own respective party positions, our own personal ideological or political uh, opinions, and that's fair enough, and we can express those. But in terms of actually functioning institutions as set out in the agreement, then everybody has to play their. Part, And I'm always minded away back at the time of the agreement that, in my opinion, the Irish and British government thought that the new Northern Assembly would be led by the UUP and the SDLP, and in the end, and after almost a decade of institutions that were more often down, it was Sinn Féin and the DUP that put together a renewed basis. power sharing. But it was always an uneasy relationship. The DUP is largely an anti-agreement party. Political self-interest led it to join the executive and that was good. But sharing power with a party that's nationalist and republican, with a party that's up for ending the union with Britain and for uniting the people on the island of Ireland, was deeply uncomfortable for many in the Democratic Unionist Party its activist base and voters. And Brexit brought all of this into a sharp focus. For years the border had become less and less of a barrier to movement north and south. And the border was in many ways largely transparent economically and new arrangements, in health and agriculture and education and employment were slowly, in my opinion too slowly, but were slowly emerging. So the DUP thought Brexit provided the perfect opportunity to reverse this by rebuilding a hard border on the island of Ireland. I mean, such folly. Apart from anything else, it ignored the fact that over half of the people in the North, including many Unionists, democratically voted in the 2016 referendum to remain within the European Union, and the DUP then sought every opportunity to force the Tory government to freeze May into a tough negotiation with Brussels. But British interests aren't necessarily DUP or unionist interests, and we see emerging now a very clear difference between what we could call Ulster unionism and English or British unionism, and. You know, that's that's a fact, and these differences are differences what unionism here in the North constantly ignores at its cost. Mel May fell from power, and a as Boris Johnson promised much, and then stabbed unionism in the back. Liz Truss was such a disaster that the Tories dumped her after just fifty days in office. They then elected Rishi Sunak, who agreed the Windsor Protocol with the European Union. And in May twenty twenty two, Sinn Féin emerged as the largest party. Michel O'Neill became first minister designate. That was a historic moment. Something which was never envisaged. Well perhaps in their heart of hearts away at the, the back of their heads, maybe they Pondered on it, but it was never actually envisaged, except as something that had to be prevented at all costs. And four days after that election, Geoffrey Donaldson announced that the DUP were boycotting the assembly until London and Brussels made concessions on the protocol. So was it just a coincidence? Jeffrey has said since that a nationalist first minister poses and presents. No issue for the DUP. Of course, they prefer it was other ways. And he did did say that in 2021, in September, if Sinn Féin were to become the largest party, that would present a real problem for unionism. But he's also said that uh, it would not be a block to the DUP's sharing power. And I happen to believe him, certainly in terms of his own view on that. So in the two years since then, Geoffrey has told his party that and the public that progress has been made in negotiations with the British. And even after the British said there were no more negotiations, he stuck to the line that they were still negotiating and last week again repeated that progress was made. And evidence of that has yet to emerge. Last. Again, it was reported that EU diplomats had dismissed claims of secret talks between London and Brussels as part of an effort to get the DUP into the institutions. So the British government should actually... Well, this, this, this will emerge. I was going to say that the Brits should put whatever has been agreed with the DUP on the table for all the parties and the public too examine, but that's going to happen anyway. We're going to see the the cut of our jib in the next uh, week or so. Last Friday, uh, news broke that the DUP officer board were to hold a meeting to decide about going back into the institutions. And depending on which of the many sources quoted by the media you want to believe, it would appear that there is a significant difference of opinion within the ranks of the DUP over the next steps. And again, that's that's no that's no secret. That's, that goes right back to the, was it the 12 apostles or the 11 apostles or the 13 apostles who actually tried to scupper uh, the election of Martin McGuinness and Ian Paisley as first and deputy first minister. So there's always been that... Uh, That rump, that uh, negative fundamentalist rump. So the Friday speculation, the Friday meeting speculation and all of that has passed and Jeffrey has been playing down the significance of the uh, meeting. What's for sure is that whoever gave this to... Uh, The Nolan show did so to scupper it, or to make life more difficult for the party leader. Uh, So there's a meeting set now for next Monday. Uh, The executive uh, is to come, come together. And, you know, the choice is straightforward, it's to stay out of the Northern Assembly and it's interlocking Good Friday Agreement structures or to go into these structures on terms not acceptable to a section of unionism. And that's the rub, that's the quandary. But it's also proof of the diminished and diminishing influence of political unionism. Now, political unionism is still a very, very significant element in our lives and in the politics of this island and particularly this part of the uh, island. So I'm not not suggesting that uh, the DUP have gone away, you know, they they clearly haven't and they have a role to play with the rest of us. But if they used even a half of the effort in these various uh, talks with successive British Prime Ministers and their underlings to talk to the rest of us, in other words, if they put as much effort into trying to sort things out with people here and with the other representatives, then we'd all be in a much, much, much uh, better place. So, I wish the DUP well. The responsibility of any political leader is to lead. And it's worth reflecting that negative campaigning and negotiations doesn't always work. So, it's clear that the people want, the majority of people want, whatever about Saxons or, for all I know, a sizeable or a majority even of the DUP base, want them to stay out. It's clear that the vast majority of people want the political politicians of the, the political parties in and working together to make the Northern Assembly and the other structures work. So, the only way and the only approach is for the DUP to make their minds up on this. And if that's impossible, and I don't think it is, by the way, but if that is impossible, then the onus does rest with the Irish and British governments and the rest of us, but the Irish and British Governments as co-guarantors of the Good Friday Agreement, to produce uh, a Plan B, and as Michel O'Neill has said, to include an Irish-British partnership that provides joint stewardship and an enhanced role for the Irish Government. So there you have it. By the time uh, I do my next Podcast all of this should be much much clearer. the other issue I wanted to touch on oh yeah yeah just uh, a kneecap the success of that Irish language hip-hop trio is absolutely wonderful Tashi Gohuntucker Fad. I was telling my ancestor go yarnish go moy as a yarnish I festival, I can and the story in the the fact that they they, they 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 won an award on top of everything else is just wonderful and great and fair play to them and and, and well done. Uh, and those who lament this, or who give off about this, or who jump up and down uh, about it, catch yourselves on. You know that 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 people make their own music and have a bit of crack and uh, a bit of fun along with it. And it just it's just great to see uh, success and great to see the Irish language being utilised in their way. By these uh, young people, so Shin Shin Mamej are, are another Shin, and there's something else that I that, that I wanted to touch on, but it escapes me at the moment. Oh yes, yes, the National League starts, so that's that's good, uh, and we we'll, we we'll see how we get on, but to have weekends of uh, football, and the the women's football is back as well. To have the Saturdays and Sunday games on TG Kahar and on RT is uh, it's just great. Now, what is not great is what has uh, continued to happen in Gaza and in the Palestinian Territories. And I, I don't want to deal at the moment with the... the because I haven't had time to digest it properly and to reflect on it properly. The verdict of the court this week on the case taken by South Africa, I do want to commend South Africa. Uh, and I hope that now eventually the, the Irish government will join that, that effort. So I, I broadly speaking welcome uh, the, the outcome. You see, the role of the Irish government is, is critical and crucial. If, if, if we in Ireland don't stand up with our history of colonisation and all that has happened to us, but also our history of a successful peace process, if, if we don't make a stand, and, and use our status as a sovereign government. <coughs> then who will? So no surprise that South Africa came in when they were needed into the breach, into the barn of and very very well done. But in the in the the longer term, we need to look at what is going to happen post the war because there will need to be a peace process, and part of that will, will mean dialogue, but the Israel Prime Minister Netanyahu has ruled out any peace process that would lead to the establishment of a sovereign Palestinian state, and In a statement that he released after he spoke to President Joe Biden uh, about 10 days ago, he, he released a statement saying that he had reiterated his policy, that after Hamas is destroyed, Israel must retain security control over Gaza to ensure Gaza will no longer pose a threat to Israel, a requirement that contradicts the demand for Palestinian sovereignty. And then the same, the same day in a, a post on Axe, he said that Israel must retain security control over the entire area west of the River Jordan. And that's an area which also includes the Israeli Occupied West Bank. Now, the fact is that Joe Biden and the U.S., are supplying the munitions and the resources and the capacity for the Israeli government to carry out these attacks, and I profoundly and Sinn Féin profoundly disagrees with that. Uh, so the, the 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 position, particularly on the back of this uh, recent court ruling, the position of the U.S. government has to change. It has to be ceasefire, and particularly in the light of what the Israeli Prime Minister has said, that there cannot be a two-state solution. And that's something that has to be faced up to. He has made no secret, probably all of his political life, of his desire to create a greater Zionist state. It's actually part of the Zionist ideology and Israeli state based on the biblical boundaries from several thousand years ago that includes the Gaza Strip and all of the land to the River Jordan. So what's the Irish government to do? Well, one of the things it could do is to fulfil, to recognise the state of Palestine. In 2014, a Sinn Féin motion in the dial was passed with government support calling for the recognition of the state of Palestine. And ten years later, the state being asked scores of times Leo Bradkar and Michal Martin refused to take this step. And they set out recognition as part of the two-state solution. That's entirely wrong because they obviously recognize the state of Israel, which I also do. But to withhold that same recognition to the people of Palestine actually aids the warmongers. So in the context where the Israeli government... Is blocking such uh, a solution. The Irish government prevailing Netanyahu with a veto over the democratic rights of the Palestinian people, and that's unacceptable. The Irish government, quite, quite rightly, has uh, taken succor from the positions that has taken up progressively on issues internationally. Uh, and especially on the advocation of human rights, particularly in the United Nations. So, I would urge again that it implement the motion that was passed by the Iraqis in 2014, and recognize the state of Palestine. And there's a time when Israel has killed over 25,000 civilians, mostly women and children, when it continues to attack hospitals and all of the other atrocities that it has been involved in, the Irish government needs to take that stand, recognise the state of Palestine, and I'll come back, uh, God willing, to the issue—the whole issue of you know Sinn, Sinn Fein leaders going to America, going to the USA for the St Patrick's Day. Uh, Celebrations. I'll come back to that uh, in next week's podcast, and why I think it's appropriate and right that they should do so. But in so doing, as we have done in the past, that we realise, or sorry, that we that we raise our concerns and criticisms of U.S. foreign policy. We did it many, many times, going back to Bill Clinton and George Bush and. President Obama and all, all of the rest, them on numerous issues from Cuba through to uh, the Middle East and uh, the Iraq War, Afghanistan, and so on. So I'll return to that in, in due course. Uh, for now, uh, Tor Ira, take take care of yourself. Uh, have a nice Sunday. August Chipey May Arbel and Shaton Shogun, and I'll see you again uh on this podcast next week. Arm more Ta